0: And uh, as I said uh, earlier this morning, the real reason I uh, liked the center was it was free. So anything we talk about this morning is free. So unusual model at Columbia, but, uh, uh, <laughs> but it's a great model. right? And so today uh, what we'll do, uh, just give you a review of our topics, is I'll go over a little bit about the center, the services we provide, <coughs> some of the projects we do, and then Maurice is going to talk about some new initiatives we have going on, and then we'll have some, um, Frank will be, come back again and talk about some big new initiatives that we're doing and other special projects. Then we'll have two presentations by faculty, uh, and we like to think of faculty as our partners, uh, so they'll be talking about their projects and what they're doing with the center. Uh, And the mission of the center is to enhance teaching and learning through the purposeful use of new media. Uh, And we really like the word and use the word purposefully, purposefully, right? We would like to make sure that the technology is really used in a way that improves teaching or enhances teaching. So we try not to just install technology in the classroom just for the sake of technology. So we challenge you, too, to think of how you can use technology to improve your teaching. And to do that, we uh, live by this spiral. uh, It's not a death spiral, we don't think. uh, But it's a research design spiral that I think most of you should be familiar with in research. (coughs) But we start off with the, the curriculum context. And so we discuss with you you know, how do you teach? What are you trying to teach? What's your course about? So we need to understand that. And then we want to discuss with you the challenges. What kinds of problems do you have? What theories, do you have trouble getting across to the student? What ideas do you think the students aren't grasping? Uh, they really have deep uh, understanding of what you're trying to teach. So we try to understand the challenges you have in the classroom. And then we may come up with some hypothesis or some ideas of how we think a different approach to teaching can improve uh, the educational process or the outcomes that you have. And those hypotheses will actually uh, drive the design phase that we do. And these may become iterative. We may go back and forth a couple times of like, do we really understand what you're trying to do if we do this? Is it going to improve it? Is it going to make it better? and we come back and forth, we design something, then implement it in the classroom, and then that becomes the true laboratory in the classroom. So once it's implemented in the classroom, we need to get feedback from the students and the faculty, did it work, did it meet our original hypothesis and goals for the project. And uh, some of these projects get very extensive research and evaluations, others get a little less in the formal research, but we ask you to reflect on the process too. what did you learn and how can we take this and make it better and how can we share these ideas with other faculty. So that's the basic philosophy of how we look at our work at the center. And this is the armory, right? So you made it in the right door today, you didn't go in the homeless shelter. So if you send anybody to visit us, make sure they don't go in the homeless shelter. And we've been here since uh, 2001 and we have... um, served about 450 faculty uh, on this campus. And we're looking to work with more of you, so send your colleagues along. We'll be glad to help them. Uh, But there's a lot more to the uh, center staff than just up at the armory. Uh, There's approximately 40 staff members, a little over 40 staff members, between uptown and downtown, between Morningside and here. And they include different teams, so we have development teams, we have designers, uh, the programmers are in there. Uh, we have a video team that does all the video shooting. Uh, then we have 13 educational technologists. And the educational technologists are the people that you probably see most when working with the center. And they're people who are trained in education and technology. And they work with faculty uh, on services and projects that we have. And we've served probably over 3,500 faculty members. Uh, since the inception of the, the center, which is now six, seven, seven years old? Nine. Nine years old, okay, we're getting old, time goes quickly. And this is the center staff, uh, so we have Nitin, Nitin's standing over there, okay, uh, we have Michelle Hall down in front, uh, is Cindy here now? Yep, Cindy's way in the back and was probably greeting you at the front. So they're the educational technologists that'll work with you on your courses and projects. Uh, we have Steve Welsh over here helping us out with technology. Uh, and then Doug McAndrew, or Doug, he's back hiding in the back there too, a video person. And <coughs> then we have another video man on the camera, Michael De Leon, And then also Deviani. Oh, Deviani's here too. <laughs> so we have some part-timers and some people who work uptown and downtown, but you see a lot of them and may have worked with uh, even Michael and Deviani. Uh, in some of the projects. And there are some other projects that we're not going to talk about today, and some of you may recognize various projects on this list in the various schools uh, between uh, this campus and down at the Morningside campus. And when we do projects, we'll also work with you uh, to develop grants, or if you have grants, we can help you write the grants and uh, to help fund projects. Uh, But some projects don't need grant funding. But there is a process to go through uh, for projects. They take a lot more resources, time commitment on your part. uh, And there's a project application online in the web that you can fill out. And then the ETs will work with you on that (coughs) process to to flush out uh, that application uh, process to build uh, a project. Now, besides the projects, we also said there were services. And we can meet individually with faculty members uh, to help train, like on courseworks or how to use certain technologies in the classroom. But we also offer workshops that are open to the campus. And you can go either at this campus or downtown to Morningside campus. And you can give us a call if you're having trouble with courseworks. We can help your TAs with courseworks. Uh, Nitten fields a lot of those calls. Nitten also uh, sort of directs all the podcasting that happens around the campus, uh, and that can uh, we capture those either automatically or with portable recordings and post them online. Uh, There's some new services, Columbia Wiki Spaces, you may have seen coming through the emails where you can set up wikis for your courses, and uh, Maurice will show you a little more about that. The video production team, if you have videos that you need to incorporate in your (coughs) teaching and online, we can help you shoot those videos uh other ways of capturing things electronically to post. And we also work in integrating uh library resources, online journals, text, things like evidence-based medicine concept searching. We can help incorporate that into the classroom too. So we'll work with the librarians on that and, and join together in those areas. That's the part here and I'm going to turn it over to Maurice now, who's going to give you a quick overview of some of the
1: more recent technologies that we're releasing. John. Good morning, my name is Maurice Matisse and uh, what I'm going to be talking to you about are three new uh, services <laughs> that, we're, that are being either rolled out uh, this coming fall or have just been rolled out and um, we're very excited about these services that will be accessible for any instructor at, at Columbia. The first one that I'm going to discuss is iTunes, um, iTunes U which is a um, a storefront uh, that students will be able to use to um, search, download, and play any of your course material uh, just like they would uh, their movies or their or their uh, music. Uh, we're very again it's a, a lot of universities have started working on that storefront and let me show you what that looks like. Today is actually the first day that um, we're, we're showing this. Uh, and this is the uh, this is the storefront for iTunes U. Uh, it's not publicly available yet. Uh, we're uh, still working on it, but you can see it's a place where we can put a lot of the podcasts that um, that we've been uh, creating at at Columbia. And in the interim, we've been using this website podcasting at, at Columbia. Which, if you if we go over to the CUMC section, will uh, will show the the range of podcasts that we have. While that's loading. I'm going to um, just <coughs> the uh, show you one example of a course site that would have um, uh, podcasts. So here's the Frontiers of Science course downtown. So uh, students would use the the system just like they would do for their for their regular podcast or music and uh, these uh, sessions here are the individual course lectures and they can download and get the tracks uh, from the itunes system Um, again uh, a work in progress we're working on all the authentication issues because we would like to create a system that for the instructor will give you the three levels of, of access that is that it will be open to the public It will be open only to the community Columbia community or if in case you want to restrict the, the, the lectures just to or the podcast just to your class you'll be able to do that using the standard uni authentication at Columbia and that's part of what we're in the middle of doing. Once uh, we get that done we'll begin rolling in some of the, the classes that we already have on the other side into iTunes U. Um, let me close this up. Uh, I had wanted to show this, this is the, the set of, uh, of uh, podcasts that are currently being captured today. And again, the, the CUMC uh, uh, campus captures uh, uh, quite a number of, of courses. Let me switch to the second one, uh, which we opened uh, in September 2007, and that is Wikispaces. Uh, Wikispaces is instructor-activated. And that is, you want to open up one for your course, you come to this uh, button here, you select it, and it'll give you a, uh, an option of generating your own, your own wiki. Now, wikis for us is uh, an incredibly valuable tool in the teaching and learning arena. It provides uh, probably the, the easiest and most flexible way to collaborate online with your students, uh, whether it is on some reports, on other types of, uh, of collaborative efforts. and One of the other uh, things that we've been very uh, happy with the Wikispaces is it really is a great web 2.0 platform that is a great place to bring in a number of different uh, uh, sources from various uh, websites. For example, here I am bringing in some RSS uh, feeds from other sites, like our homepage. Um, But I can do this with, um, let let me bring up another one here. I can bring in uh, images from Flickr, for example. So you can use a lot of the, the, the Web 2.0, web services type of, uh, of, of um, sites, and use wikispaces as a place to aggregate them. Um, this, all I did here was bring up all the images that are tagged Black Rock Forest. Um, it, um, for any of the folks who might be doing any mathematical um, work, it's also one of the best places to run mathematical equations and again this is a a brief example uh... it uses a a very simple editing uh... method for adding uh... mathematical equations and you can see an example of that right here Um, so that's wiki it's been very popular for us uh... it's a service that we do with an outside vendor and we've been very pleased with uh... with the results thus far the most important um, uh application uh, or system that we use for courses is CourseWorks. Many of you probably use CourseWorks uh, and CourseWorks is now uh, about five years old. It was also a a system that was installed at the early part of course management systems. (coughs) Columbia's participating in a project called Sakai. It's called the SakaiProject.org if anybody's interested. And it's a group of universities who have gotten together to try to produce A uh, a course management system that is uh, very much a a shared effort into creating what we think will be an advance in in (coughs) course management. The uh, an example of uh, I have one example here of a course. You can see it very similar to um, uh, courseworks, but it will provide instructors access to new tools like podcasting within the courses, uh, wikis. Uh, improved uh, tool sets that would be easily accessible by the system. Uh, again, this is a project that uh, we are hoping to roll out in, in 2009 and uh, we're waiting for some of the funding that come in, that, to come in with our partners, uh, the Columbia University IT department. So those are three new, uh, new systems that we're rolling out and so I'm gonna now turn it over to Frank. We'll talk about some of the strategic initiatives that we have uh, in the works.
2: I wanted to begin by uh, describing a a little bit about what we try to do philosophically, uh, but I promise it will be very brief. Um, A number of the technologies that Maurice has demonstrated indicates uh, the ways in which information can be communicated to students and can be uh, easily accessed. And uh, they are uh, also uh, technologies that allow students to contribute information. (coughs) Uh, But we try to balance our use of technology as much as possible so that we are also focusing on the active use of technology on the part of the students. So it's information transmission, but it also has to do with providing tools that allow for the interrogation of information, for the creation of new knowledge. And I think that you'll see in some of the demonstrations that are coming uh, on after uh, my short presentation an indication of, of those interests and those commitments. Um, as John indicated, we uh, we have worked with uh, well in excess of three thousand uh, faculty members, and we, we probably reached three thousand uh, about a year plus ago. And we've done uh, at least two hundred and fifty large-scale projects. And we'd also uh, received funding uh, in collaboration with faculty from all the different schools, uh, from probably every uh, foundation that I could probably name, uh, uh, and, but I won't, I won't bore you with that list. At the same time, we were also aware that we were part of a uh, $2 billion juggernaut moving through time called Columbia University, and that there were other resources that we could tap that would put us in an even stronger position of being able to extend our services to, uh, to faculty. Uh, something that has driven our work from the very beginning starting uh, 10 years ago is really to judge our success by how much we could give away and how much we could do for other people and actually not expect to receive anything back financially, actually often bringing resources and leveraging new resources, it's the best job I've ever had. And uh, so we we said, well, let's see if we can identify the areas of energy in this large university that would give us new possibilities, new opportunities to find uh, new ways of partnering. And at this point in time, we've identified three areas. Uh, One we call global learning. Uh, The university has probably, more than is evident to many people, a real commitment to global learning. It's not just a platitude. You can actually find numerous collaborative degree programs coming out of almost every school. And uh, we decided we would try to become part of that, and we began uh, with a single course that actually is being taught at 12 different universities simultaneously on the uh, focused on the education of practitioners of sustainable development so we have uh, a course that's being taught in classrooms in 12 countries including china india africa south american countries american countries european countries and uh, the uk which i guess some people consider part of, of europe so for instance, at eight o'clock this morning, if you were in uh, 308 Lewis Hall, you could have participated in a global conversation in which all of those classrooms were connected. And the president of Georgetown, who leads the effort at Georgetown actually, in his globalization and ethics course, was answering questions to, uh, that were being addressed to him from all the different schools and all the different locations. And he was answering those questions, by the way, not from Georgetown, but from the location of our Chinese partners, because he happened to be traveling. And one of the interesting things we've learned is that locality doesn't even define the constituency that's at the location. We find that uh, the anticipated accents are not there. So you have people from Singapore taking the course in uh, in the UK, you have uh, people from the United States at the Chinese location. And we began to realize that what's really happening is the technologies are finally beginning to, in a sense, accomplish their promise where the space is not geographically defined, but it's really the space of discourse that's beginning to dominate and people are beginning to carry around in their minds as participants, as as the essential reference and perimeter of their educational activity. A second source of energy at the university really comes out of a place that it took me a while to identify, and that is it comes out of libraries. Uh, If a person decided to be a librarian 30 or 40 years ago, they often did it in order to choose lives that were relatively predictable, because uh, they had uh, deeply entrenched habits and ways of doing things, and they did them in repetition and continuity over time. Anyone who was born into that profession right now has chosen it is undergoing massive revolution of the way that libraries work. Uh, information is changing uh, radically, as you all know. Our libraries right now spend more money in the millions of dollars on digital resources than they do on actual books. And many of the books are finding their way to off-site locations, as you well know, because the books have expanded in capacity, beyond the capacities of places to house them. But still, even though there is all of this unrealized information and research resonant in these digital libraries, the question is how do you activate that energy and how do you build on the commitment of these revolutionary librarians that we have at Columbia? And uh, in a larger context, we do have the leaders in the field at Columbia. Well, we created a project called Digital Bridges, and the goal of that project is to create demonstration projects about how to use archival resources and move (coughs) them into the teaching and learning space. And we've done a number of projects all the way from uh, uh, an archive of African American newspapers, the University of Chicago, Uh, being used as the platform for research by a group of graduate students in the context of anthropology and sociology courses we just published a project that has to do with the history of new york uh, in respect to the african-american presence throughout the prior three centuries and uh, using and utilizing and deploying a massive collection of maps that come from disparate archives in the city Uh, we are working with tibetan art we have we have uh, many projects that you can see on our website and again feeling the thrust that's coming from the world of libraries and trying to capitalize on that and make those more available as resources and sets of information to faculty members and i'm certain that in the medical area information is so important and and is already in digital form in many many cases whether it's visual information or text-based information or or numerical data, that this will become uh, a strategic initiative that's very important to the Uptown campus. Uh, And lastly, we said, well, what's the most obvious thing? There's an elephant in the room that we haven't identified. And and that is that universities create new knowledge. They do research. So how could we work with people doing research that actually has some kind of an impact ultimately (coughs) on education? So we began to work with the School of Social Work, particularly with Nabila El Basel's group, uh, the Social Intervention Group, specifically with a project that she had already well researched called Project Connect, in which uh, they proved the efficacy of a particular social intervention to try to prevent the communication of AIDS from one member of the couple who's infected to another <coughs> member who's not infected, and it was a six-step or a sixth session intervention. The problem was that in order to perform the intervention, it was so word-based and so clinically oriented, a person had to be trained to some extent as a therapist. So you either had to be an MSW with clinical training or PhD in clinical psych, or someone who at least who had gotten to a pretty high skill level. So we worked with those folks, and what we developed was a multimedia version of that intervention that would lower the bar for the facilitator by developing a roadmap and media resources and a tracking system that could support the efforts of whoever the particular facilitator was going to be. And we've been very fortunate, we just got a $4 million grant uh, last year actually to actually do the research to test the efficacy uh, of Multimedia Connect in 80 health agencies uh, in the Northeast area. Uh, And we we should have uh, results from that. Now, the question is how then do you, you've, you've done research and you've done something that's going to impact the community. By the way, those are two of the angles of the triangle, excuse the triteness of the metaphor. But what does this have to do with education? Well, as these tools become more and more powerful and more and more present as the extensions of practice for people who are in social work, for people who are in the health intervention world, They're going to have to become more and more part of the curriculum itself. So we're looking for and have found a number of partners who are incorporating some of the techniques and tools that are part of the work we're doing in the triangle context into the actual classroom. And we're even in the process of of planning a course that's going to focus on the development of tools for medical intervention in distressed areas that uh, will be taught next spring. this is something that's not just isolated to Columbia's interest. This is something, for instance, that the partners in health at the Harvard School of Public Health are very deeply interested in. I've been meeting with the people there, and they've actually hired two commercial technology people to help them, and so we're gonna probably be working with them to develop that technical tool set. So those are three significant areas of interest of ours that we're going to and are developing. I haven't told you about all the different <coughs> projects that are resident in um, in each of those. And uh, I, I skipped over the uh, the uh, representation of the global classroom. I don't know. If, I didn't turn around. Did you have it up there? No. No. Okay. You play it? Yeah, we'll play it. This is uh, this is a little snippet. From uh, we have in our class about thirty students, and they come from thirteen countries. Have a global classroom within a global classroom yet. That's the woman from Malaysia talking to Jeff Sachs, who's He's <coughs> in the upper right hand corner. And you, can, you can see at this point in time, I guess there were eight people logged in, eight, eight classrooms logged in China, Canada, another China, India, another nine, uh, Singapore, uh, uh, IDS in the UK, and so on. And so every Tuesday morning for two hours, uh, this conversation takes place in the context of a curriculum that has been commonly agreed on, where people do assignments that are placed online, which are commentated, uh, which people comment on from location to location. Uh, And uh, I'll, I'll stop there. Thank you.
0: So we'd like you to stay in touch with us as much as possible, and you can do that uh, by these little buttons here called "Subscribe to the Feed," and for those of you who are not digital natives and are digital immigrants, uh, like most of us in this audience, by looking at our ages, it's uh, <laughs> got an RSS feed, and um, it takes me a while to get used to some of these, and some of them I haven't figured out. I still, when somebody starts chatting with me, I pick up the phone and call them. I just can't keep chatting on the computer. Um, but what this does is, you click on this, and it can load into your iTunes. But the other thing for those of us who are more corporate, it will actually load into your Outlook, also, or into a web page, and it will have a little box there of all these new things that get put in there. And you can even do that with Sakai and things like that, of like new things that are posted will get loaded into your Outlook, not in your mail, uh, in your general mail, but in another place. Or you can go to open up your web browser, like Internet Explorer, and find them. So it's a good way, instead of going hunting for things all the time, it'll deliver it to you. Uh, and just to remind you, before I get to the end, there is a, uh, an evaluation sheet in here that will ask you to fill out. Uh, there's some information in here just about our general services. Uh, also about the, uh, the research design process in your folder. Uh, pictures of all of the people up here, in case you forget who we are. Uh, And uh, then also some brief descriptions of some of the projects that we go through. And uh, what we'll do now is we're going to have uh, Jody can come up and we'll start the first uh, presentation.